for joining us on this week's episode of UserBards Podcast. My name is Paul, and today we're going to be covering chapter 11 of J.I. Packer's Knowing God. Now, originally these episodes were typically two chapters each episode, but by the time we got done talking about these episodes, which uh, at the beginning of this one you'll say, you'll see that we um, said that there's not much in it, that they're pretty light episodes. Well, they're not light at all, apparently, because at the end of the recording session, we realized we were on about two hours of raw recording time for the two chapters. So we decided to go ahead and split them up and have them uh, come out one this week. And then chapter 12 will come out in three weeks. Now, the reason we're doing that is that there's two episodes right here at the end of May that we do want to come out back to back and they will be coming out and we'll have a little, I guess, a few seconds, a few clips of that episode at the end of this episode. We won't be giving anything away as far as what we'll be talking about in that episode, but we will have that uh, kind of a little preview for you uh, there. So next two weeks are going to be a special episode and then we'll go from there and continue on doing what we do so thank you for joining us this week and we hope to see you next week for what may be a very interesting conversation thank you for joining us on this week's episode of user words podcast this week we're going over chapters 11 and 12 now that i can correct myself and not say 10 and 11 like i've been saying all this time of Knowing God by J.I. Packer. As Aaron had learned recently, it's not Packard. It's not Packard. It's Packer. Just Packer. Like Green yep. Bay. Now, 11 and 12 is, um, so we're doing these two chapters. Now, what we're doing, it's going to start doing a little bit different going forward from this month forward, is only doing two chapters a month because going back through the last like month and a half, two months of editing, we were doing four chapters which is two sessions a month plus some song which left us with three sessions that were just book and music and only one session for something else didn't leave us a lot of time to do anything else so it'll take us a little bit longer to go through the book i have a feeling for the next book we'll probably adjust the reading schedule a little bit so it doesn't take like a whole year to go through a book yes yeah, uh, longer yeah. Than I expected. <laughs> yep. And, and and we might start adjusting. We might bring it up to three chapters uh, a session. We don't know. We haven't talked about that yet. So I'm not gonna yes. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any changes without first discussing this with Aaron because this isn't a dictatorship. This is a thing where we both have equal say on things and everything. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that for? <laughs> Do we have to have Festivus now? Festivus? I don't even know what that is. Oh my goodness, they're all... <laughs> <laughs> so, quick so quick tangent on that. Festivus is from Seinfeld. Uh, so, it was for people who didn't celebrate uh, Christmas or Hanukkah or anything. Yeah. It was Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. And oh. part of Festivus is that you aired your grievances. Gotcha. So, I was like, do we have to have Festivus right now? Do we need to air some grievances? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I don't know about yet. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. Okay. No. <laughs> so we got chapters 11 and 12 of Knowing God. 
And these chapters, I'm not going to pretend to speak for Aaron, but they're very, they're like the last two chapters. They're pretty lightweight. They're, there's, they're lightweight, but there is a lot that's covered in them. Yeah. But not as much as maybe some of the first few chapters of this book. Why, 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 why that look of relief on you? I don't know. I was just part of me was like, as I was go, like reading it, I was just like, man, I hope there's just like not a bunch that I'm just not getting. Which probably, I mean, there probably is, or just not a ton that's really just like standing out to me. And then you're gonna come in here and have ten pages of notes and be like, what about this and this and this and that? And I'm be like. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> so okay, cool. Yeah, I, I found it pretty light. I, I read over it over this this past week a couple times just to make sure. Because the first time I went through it, I was like, man, I'm like getting nothing from it. Yeah. I was like, it's almost <laughs> it, it almost for me, mm-hmm. it almost felt like a filler arc. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that means, right? I, well, I guess filler. I'm just thinking I'm just so, throwing stuff in there to use up. Yeah, stuff that's maybe relevant, but you're fluffing it up with some words. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like in a, like an anime or a cartoon series, a uh, filler arc would be like a story that has no main connection to the main story that's just there to take up time and space. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Like okay. it's a filler. Now, there's some stuff that connects back to some of the main things, but for the most part, I was like, eh, this is just filler. This is just, it's there. It's we're to kind of get us to think a little bit maybe some more and then but there's some good parts in it so All right chapters 11 and 12 so first off there's a couple things that i want to before we even get into it there's okay a, there's a word in here that i was like i wonder if no i don't <laughs> um what word okay well, i am probably gonna miss I'm going to probably going to butcher this word completely. Well, I was going to say what page is it on, but I don't know what page yeah. it's on uh, because again, I'm running Kindle versus your yeah. thing, but I'm going to type it on the screen here. Oh, okay. I looked that word up. Well, how do you say this word is my question. In inimical? Inimical. Okay. I think. Yeah, that sounds that sure. Let's go with it. That sounds good. What did you, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I looked it up as I was like, as I read it, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Do I remember what it was? Wait, I got to find it again, though. But no. Um, I it, It's to obstruct or harm. Uh, the word okay. is inimical, I-N-I-M-I-C-A-L. However that's spelled. Yeah. However that's said. However that's spelled. I just spelled it. However that's said. Yeah. So, okay. I, I was just wondering. That was one that I I, I kind of highlighted and then I wrote down the meaning of it so that way I would have it and be like, Aaron, what does this mean? Nice. Yeah. Going, going back to the days of Aaron's word of the week. Yeah, there's so many. All right. So chapter 11 was called Thy Word is Truth. Okay. Correct. What, what stuff stuck out to you about this? chapter was there anything in particular about this chapter or maybe even just what is your what is aaron's summary of this chapter oh no oh no 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 why oh no 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 
I don't, I don't have a, I don't have anything written out for like a summary of the chapter. Actually, I thought about doing that though as I read it. Mm-hmm. I thought about like quick, like going over each page. I was like, all right, so or like if it had a section that bled into the next page, I'd just combine it, or whatever. But just kind of like write down quick notes on. All right, this is what I was getting from this page, but I didn't do that yet. All right, that, that's I, so, I, I didn't. I didn't tell you to write a summary. I was just wondering if you had one. Oh, no. Heck that's no. what I said. What are your thoughts on this chapter? What stuck out to you? What's Aaron's summary? What, I mean, I've got what some revelations? Stuff. What thoughts did you have while you're reading this chapter? I've got some stuff underlined I, throughout it. Because um, like I said, there was some stuff in here that was good, some mm-hmm. stuff that was interesting, one that I had a... <gasps> a, 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 a oh? Oh? Yeah, we'll get there. Okay, because I have something that has I I wrote you down on the side when I got to a section of it. I was like, hmm, I wonder what Paul would have to say about this one. I wonder if it's the same thing I underlined. I bet you would. <laughs> we'll find out. That's Let's get so there. Funny. <laughs> All right. Um, and I did find it funny. I I noticed there's like a weird little like typo-y thingy in my book. Well, not not like the the M and humankind and this one word whatever like the middle line of the m that comes down is missing oh okay so it's just like, yeah it's just an error in the printing um yeah yeah that so, happens all right small stuff that's what really stood out to me in this whole chapter oh, <laughs> okay um no like the first thing i have underlined is on page 110 which is the second page of the chapter okay um so i guess i'll just start from the beginning of the paragraph um well the word which god addresses directly to us is and then in parentheses like a royal speech only more so and parentheses um you know what i'm gonna reread that and not even read the parentheses part <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so the word which God addresses directly to us is an instrument not only of government, but also of fellowship. And then the section I have underlined is, for though God is a great king, it is not his wish to live at a distance from his subjects, meaning us. Mm -hmm. Um, Rather, the reverse. He made us with the intention that we, that he and we, might walk together forever in a love relationship. But such a relationship can exist only when the parties involved know something of each other. And, I mean, I don't know. That, well, I guess, really, honestly, the whole paragraph, I was like, oh, cool. Um, And then there's something I underlined a few lines below where it says, therefore God sends his word to us in the character of both information and invitation, which where, uh, oh, well, yeah, that's on the thing before it. I liked how it gave like the, uh, um, the, like the different, was it different like types of writing or whatever, or where it talks about testimony and the promise and instruction kind of stuff. Okay. Um, I've never thought of, like, when, while reading the Bible, of, like, those different, I guess, I, what, what, what would you call that? I don't know. My brain's small. 
not smart. <laughs> is that would that is that like a style of writing or like it how well so like law promise testimony those are yes. three different they're not not they're different styles yes but more so they're different um well you probably said it in here no it doesn't say it in there oh okay cool. um, <laughs> they're they're different purposes of the writing i would say okay you yeah know? so like this pur- this purse this purpose is the testimony this is mm. information given by god about himself and people this pur- part is about a promise this part is law you know what you should and mm. shouldn't do and it's that's something that i think modern christianity has lost mm-hmm. in a way um and part of it is our english language as me and you were talking about earlier you know we in english translate certain words in hebrew to be the same english word and so therefore we ascribe those same as english speakers right mm-hmm. we as- ascribe those same characteristics to all those things when in hebrew they're completely different <laughs> and, and and you're like well, when you get back down to it the core of it you're like oh i didn't realize it was you know more severe over here and less severe over here and this over here means it was part of a holiness code. This over here was part of a cultural code. Hmm. And then you're like, why? That wasn't communicated to me well. It, it, <laughs> and it's, a, again, part of our English translation. We were English, to be fair and honest, is horrible at conveying some thoughts. Hmm. Because English at times is not specific enough. It is too generalized in certain instances in certain ways. Hmm. Which, which is why it is easy to mis, misconstrue what someone says, potentially sometimes when they're speaking to English, especially if you don't know the tone because you need that tone. How are we being given everything in the Bible? We're giving everything w- really without tone. Yeah, it's like true. reading a big, long text message and trying to figure out the angry parts, the happy parts, and the sad parts. And it's mm-hmm. not easy to do that. And you're wondering why the person on the other side is all upset with you when they're happy they're excited and they're excited about something <laughs> yeah they're not angry <laughs> exactly and you think they're angry it's because there's no tone and you know mm. that that's part of you know kind of what the hebrew did it, it there was a distinction between the different words of hey this should be a bad sort of thing you know and there was words that kind of you know inherent in the word itself it was saying hey this is a bad thing this is a good thing but we might as translate it in english as rock Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. okay yeah. you know so that, that's that's part of just english being as weird as it is and part of why people you know yes we read the bible script, scripture alone but it does help to understand the historical context and maybe some of the original words in there that are referencing back to it i'm not saying you have to mm-hmm. be a hebrew scholar a greek scholar a mesopotamian scholar or anything like that Take the Bible for what it is, and then if you want to dig into some of that stuff, because you're like, this doesn't make sense why this and this and this, maybe take a little bit of time to dig into those specific areas. And then you start seeing, oh, this part is cultural law. This part is, you know, purity, not purity law, but like um, holiness code. This part is societal code. This part is this. This part is this. Oh, Jesus reaffirms the holiness code, but doesn't reaffirm the societal code oh okay now there's differences going on now we know why some stuff from the old testament like blended fabrics is no longer an abomination why eating self 
shellfish is no longer an abomination. Why we can eat pork now. Because mm. if you read all that in the Old Testament, it's like abomination, abomination. You shall not, you shall not. And then you get to the New Testament because like basically says, I didn't make unclean food. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and just there's, there's a lot there, but we don't have to get into that right now. But that, that's why it's saying, you know, there's different types, just like in the Bible itself, there's poetry, there's allegory, there's stories, there's law, there's basically like historical documents. There's different types of literature, different genres of literature found within it. And each one, while yes, it is the inspired God-breathed word of God, but each one might be read a little bit differently. Like you're going to read a poem like Psalms mm -hmm. differently than you read the genealogy or instruction like Leviticus, you know, where it gives all the laws in that. You're going to read those differently, just naturally, because you read different genres differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, just because it's a different genre and you read it maybe a little bit differently does not pull any of the truth of it away from what it is. Mm -hmm. <sighs> what? <Ugh. laughs> Swear, I, I guess, I mean, yeah, studying is important <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and spending time reading. And that's pretty much, I mean, that's what was kind of, well, I mean, there's a, I think there's a few, quite a few sections in here. It's like, Aaron, this is why, you know, being, you know, I guess was it well consistent with being in the word and whatnot and regularly in the word is why it's so important. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, we're in from that little section that I just read, but it's like, but such a relationship can only exist when parties, when the parties involved uh, know something of each other. That's how we get to <laughs> know God. I was say, that spending is, with <laughs> time that, in his word. That is the central premise of Packer's book mm -hmm. is doing these things to know God mm -hmm. because like he points out in this chapter already, God already knows us right from the moment we're conceived, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he knows everything about us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. The only way we get to know about him is through interaction with him, learning about him, knowing him in that regard. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's like, that's why his, his central thesis keeps coming back about this is how you know God better because that's, Obviously, the chapter, the title of his <laughs> right. book, the, not the chapter, the title right. of his book. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I had that for that spot. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'd, uh, I think, what do I have? Oh, this was okay. I had underlined a word. Did I look that up? I might have, but yeah, I definitely did, but I don't remember how to. Uh, po. Po. Potentate, potentate, P O T E N T A T E, potency. Isn't po that it? P O T E N T A T E. Wait, 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 wait. P O T E N T A T E. Potentate. Oh, potentate. Potentate. I don't remember what that meant, but I looked that one up. <laughs> there was so many words. <laughs> <laughs> that I end up looking up, I'm like, oh, what does this mean? I'm like, oh, okay. And then now I've already forgotten them. Um, well, how does this even potentate? Oh, um, I know, I remember it. It's like, uh, like a, uh, oh, okay, hold up, hold up, hold up, like a person of power, great power, or whatever. A monarch, sort of a monarch or ruler, especially an autocratic one. 
There we go. Boom. Yeah. I just had to read the sentence again. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> what happens when you read sentences around it. Right. Oh, yeah. It makes a big difference. Um, yeah, this is where, yeah, God was talking about Jeremiah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I had that underlined. Otherwise, I didn't have anything else underlined until like the next page um, where it starts to talk about, well, it's the mark of true humility. Um, I don't know. Do you have you had, but do you have? And really what I've had up until this point has been close to what you've had here. Oh, okay. So, for example, before the God speaks to us, not only to move us to do what he wants, but to enable us to know him so that we may, we may love him. Mm -hmm. right in line with what you had there right mm -hmm. and everything else so that's i was like there's really not much else again these chapters are not deep deep Super deep heavy, heavy chapters and in some way it's also uh where are you at spiritually sometimes some of these things are rudim rudimentary and things that you just kind of review mm -hmm. some of it not so much that and that's okay you know each person is going to be at, at their own place on things even between me and you, we're going to be at different places on different different aspects of things. And that's okay. But is it okay? No, I'm just yes, it is okay. Yep. Um. Yeah. The thing I so I guess I guess just to have to say the next thing I have underlined here. Go for it. Um. Says the mark of humility and godliness. On the other hand, is that a person trembles at my word. That I guess is uh. Isaiah 66, 2? Um, oh, because, yeah, and just beforehand. Oh, the oh, and that was another word I had to look, <laughs> look up. It says, the essence of impiety is the proud willfulness of these wicked people who refuse to listen to my words. And the mark of true humility and godliness on the other hand, is that a person trembles at my word. <clears throat> hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, and this, and this is where he's kind of delving into the whole three parts of mm -hmm. the Torah, the law, the testimony, mm -hmm. and that, right? Which, what? I don't know why. But mm -hmm. I never thought of the word testimony of just being like used. It's like for information. Really? You never thought of it that way, huh? No. I literally, whenever I hear the word testimony, I always think of, all right, so what's your story as, for, as far as like becoming, you, what's your testimony of becoming a Christian sort of thing? Like that's the only other, like that's the only way for the longest time I always thought about it. it was like testimony. Okay. That's your story of how you became a Christian. I was like, no, <laughs> testimony. <laughs> There's a lot of other things. Yeah, so the way I think I've always thought about testimony is the story of how you become a Christian is part of it, right? Mm -hmm. But the way I think of it more generally is how is the story of how God has shown his grace and his power in your life mm. in whatever the situation it may be it may be a salvation story but it also may be uh hey i was uh insert something here mm -hmm. drug addict whatever yeah and he and he brought me out of it and maybe it wasn't a 
a salvation story because maybe it was like I fell away and I need to be brought back sort of mm-hmm. deal. And in a way right. that 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 comes back to what he says in here, information given about God about himself and people. It's not mm. just about himself, it's about himself and people and then their interactions and how God interacts and intervenes in their lives with them. Mm. So yeah, glad you glad you learned something then. <laughs> Slowly but surely, man. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so the next segment then I had one thing underlined here and mm-hmm. this is before we got to like the bolded number 1 here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the paragraph starts truth in the bible is a quality of a person's primarily and a prop propositions Propositions. only secondarily i think i almost want to say proportions i don't know i had to stop myself i was like (laughs) it means stability reliability firmness trustworthiness the quality of a person who is entirely self-consistent sincere realistic undeceived okay so all that to get to the part that i highlighted which is god is such a person truth in this sense is his nature and he has not gotten him to be anything else by the way his english is just drives me nuts yeah it's so rough to read <laughs> yes it is I, I i read it and i go i want to apply an ai algorithm to this to clean up his language <laughs> i'm like oh bring it to modern english buddy but no he can't because he's dead <laughs> There's no no remakes of this book coming out. Uh, they could remake it, but they I wouldn't recommend they could. it. No. <laughs> remakes without the author is not recommended. So I highlighted that, and then in the next section where it says God's commands are true, I highlighted this, and I'll tell you why. So I highlighted it shows us what we were made to be and teaches us how to be truly human and warns us against moral self-destruction. This is a matter of great importance and one which calls for much consideration at the present time. And you're like, wait, why why did you highlight that? Right? So this segment is called God's commands are true. Mm -hmm. And obviously he uses a Psalm here and he does it like every, I guess you could say Bible-based book out there in the world where they like, ooh, this this verse fits exactly what I want. Let me lift it, put it here. <laughs> Da-da-da, no context. <laughs> right. You know, it goes, all your commands are true. Okay, there's there's a psalm. Cool. Um, okay, fine, whatever. Personally, I would prefer there be more context and a little more analysis on that, but mm. then this book would be like three times what it already Longer. is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but it says, why are they so described? What is they, in this case, commands, mm-hmm. and why are they described as true? Oh, okay, so now I get it. And basically, he's going through and talking about like this, about what is truth in this regard. And he goes back to that because they have stability and permanence as setting forth what God wants to see in human lives in every age. Okay unchanging truths blah blah so that's why i highlight that part it shows us what we were made to be and teach us how to be truly human in other words Mm -hmm. to follow these things which god said which are true timeless unchanging no matter the circumstances even though you know it was written to people living in little huts yeah you know back when way back when in the desert in that you know marching and living as a group of people to now people living in skyscrapers the principles behind it all remains the same regardless of the age 
yes, things may be different on how we interact, on how we communicate. Obviously, now we can use cell phones and that. We don't have to, you know, send people by a messenger on the donkey or send smoke signals <laughs> or, you know, do whatever. Attach a letter to a bird's foot and hope it gets there. Exactly. We don't have to do that <laughs> anymore, but the even though the times have changed the concept of the what is true still remains the same so that's why i highlighted that there yeah Mm -hmm. and then of course i underlined the the word then inimical or oh is that where that word is yeah it's under number one close to number two the paragraph before number two Okay. Oh man, <laughs> this is this is just me being dumb. Um, but I put a little mark next to a few lines and just wrote "lol." <laughs> All right, what were the lines? So it was. We are familiar with the thought that our bodies bodies are like machines, needing the right routine of food, rest, and exercise, if they are to run efficiently and liable. Okay. filled up with the wrong fuel. I just love how it went to alcohol, drugs, and poison. <laughs> um, and then it goes on to say to lose their power of healthy functioning and ultimately to seize up entirely in physical death. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I just loved as soon as I read alcohol, I was like, man. <laughs> um, but it's kind of funny because also I was just at a at a worship night, uh, well, Thursday night because I was I didn't know that May fourth is the National Day of Prayer. Apparently, never knew that. But, May the fourth be with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was it, the this guy had done some speaking, and he had gotten into talking about how, you know, like the whole, like the body is a temple sort of thing. (laughs) So, so often I like to just kind of shrug that off and not think about it, but it's like, Oh, oh, that scared me. Um, It's a little convicting for me, I suppose. Um, As far as taking care of myself physically, I guess. Because, yeah, I'm not too good at that. I try for a while, and then I get distracted by food and other lazy routines. <laughs> me, me and you both, buddy. Yeah. Me and you both. So, but I was just like, so as soon as I read that, I was like, that's funny. Yeah. But then, um, also, so, but then it goes, it goes on, um, where, where, uh, I wanted I have underlined. Uh, well, let me start the sentence before. As rational persons, we are made to bear God's moral image. Uh, that is, our souls were made to run on the practice of worship, law-keeping, truthfulness, honesty, discipline, self-control, and service to God and our fellows. If we abandon these practices, not only do we incur guilt before God, we also progressively destroy our own souls. Ooh. Consciousness. Okay, that's, that's, well, it's just conscious. Conscience. Or conscience. Yeah. Yeah. I always 
freak out when I get to that where I'm like, oh, con science, conscious, <laughs> <laughs> conscious atrophies. The sense of shame dry. The sense of shame dries up. One's capacity for truthfulness, loyalty, and honesty is eaten away. One's character disintegrates. That's that's terrifying. Um, one not only becomes desperately miserable, one is steadily being dehumanized. And I guess why I can't think of um where this was in the Bible, like where when I've had conversations with dad, but is he he's brought up in the past from some sort of conversation how it's like we as Christians like we can is it well was that as oh i'll have to go back and talk to him about this but it's like you can kind of lose that uh well the guilty conscience thing yeah and stray further from the spirit and then get to a point where you don't feel them anymore and there's no conviction and stuff and that i don't know why that made me think well i mean that made me think of it where so how we progressively destroy our own souls sort of thing. I was just like, hmm. I think you're thinking of uh, First probably, Timothy. Okay. Yep. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Yep, there it is. Uh, this is King James Version. This is the one I just found real quick. just pulled up. Cool. Yeah. Uh, but... That's probably what you're thinking of because that Must is be. that is a concept that is out there of, you know, hey, you, and, and, and this is just more than people that are Christians too. This isn't mm-hmm. a, a right. Christian only thing. No, but it's oh. like, hey, you know, it's like, hey, I got it right with this. That's cool. Um, yeah, I can, and it doesn't bother you as more as much mm-hmm. every time you do something that's something, and every time you don't get caught with it because then mm-hmm. you're like, oh yeah, I can just go ahead and do this and. Um, get that uh, I guess <laughs> short term pleasure from whatever it may be right Um, and then about a, ooh. so you had to go to go on from uh, that one thing so not one not only becomes desperately miserable one is steadily being dehumanized this is one aspect of spiritual death and then I say Richard Baxter was right to formulate the alternatives as a saint or a brute. That ultimately is the only choice. And everyone sooner or later, consciously or unconsciously opts for one or the other. Um, yeah, that, it, that makes me think of all the conversations that happen where it's like, you know, oh, you just can be somewhere in between. It doesn't have to be one or the other sort of deal. And yeah, I guess there can be those like, well, that gray area in between where it's like for people, but it's just, you're either going, I guess the whole, like you're either going forward or backwards. You never just stay in one spot and stay there. So it's either working towards, the whole spiritual death side of things, the brute, mm-hmm. or for those that, I guess yeah, that is a weird thing to think of like for other religions and stuff like that. Like they can always work at being 
obedient to whatever they're doing for the real for their religion but what does i guess their religion teach them is the question yeah at the end and see that's the thing unless you either a know someone in that religion or study yourself Mm -hmm. you're not going to know that no And, and that's why i don't know a ton of different ones because if I'm going to study, I'm going to dedicate primarily time mm-hmm. towards Christianity, what I believe in, right? Right. Now, if I have free time where I'm like, I really have a question about this, then I might spend some time thinking mm-hmm. about or reading up on different things. But even in Christianity, there's so much craziness that goes there's on. A lot. There's arguments about... Mm-hmm. Pre-millennial, post-millennial, mid-tribulation. Mm-hmm. There's arguments, Calvinism, Armenianism, Palladianism, mid-Palladianism. <laughs> all these are things. I don't even know what that is yet. Um, there's all these things that go on and you're like, hold on, we don't even have it all together in here. All right. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. and even then, you know, like, you know, I- I'm sure... If I sat down with Packer, we would probably disagree on a bunch of stuff. And he'd probably be like, I, I don't yeah. think he'd be like, you're a brute. Uh, you know. You're working <laughs> your way there, boys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there there definitely some be some parts that disagree with him on right. and disagree with. I just, I definitely disagree with a lot of uh, Calvinists on, mm-hmm. uh, which Packer is. That, that that that's become very clear and that's fine i'm, really? I'm not I'm, just kidding. I'm, I'm not like some people that go well packer is a well i shouldn't say packer specifically but like i know some people mother um who, <laughs> throwing her head <laughs> under the bus <laughs> who, who basically like denounce calvinist as atheist and satanist oh wow like she's not even willing to be like no this isn't uh, like an inter-family debate this yeah. is a no. They're so wrong that, that yeah. I'm like, mother, it's okay if they have a different view on things. They right. have some ways to back it up, you know. So I'm like, it's okay. We'll mm-hmm. live. They'll live. It was funny. I did. I did see uh, <laughs> uh, someone post on Instagram on their Instagram story of like, oh, so you're a Calvinist, and they're like, no, uh, and then something about. I, they just like their Bible, even Christians or whatever. Oh, so you're a Calvinist. I'm like, really? Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, come on. There, there's a group out there, Apologia, yeah. Apologia Studios. Okay. I like a lot of their stuff. Okay. Okay. But they are very, very hardcore Calvinist. Calvinist. And basically, that's their stance. Like, oh, you're a Bible believing Christian, therefore you're a Calvinist. I'm like, no, I, I'm not. He's like, oh, then you don't believe the Bible. Like that. That's their thing. And I'm like, hold on, <sighs> we're gonna disagree on this part here. Okay. But a lot Good of their other man. stuff, I do, I definitely do agree on. I just don't mm-hmm. agree on those things. And that's that's fine, you know. That's they can find out they're wrong later. <laughs> you know, honestly, it's probably a, a combination yes, between a the two. We you know, but I'm not so hardcore. Where I'm like <laughs> my way, or it's like okay, right. this is where <laughs> this isn't just, supposed to be about you. And <laughs> this is where I think scripture is is leading. But hey, prove me wrong, you right? Know? Say as long as as I, I suppose as long as you have the gospel part right, and <laughs> well, and that, that's the fun part with Calvinists. That's where like mm. we even disagree on certain things. On not not disagree on the gospel per se, but mm-hmm. we, we're not going to revisit this. I'll just say this quickly, and then move yeah. on because I don't want to. Re- this was 
take a long time. But, you know, where the Calvinist is that you can't even be saved unless God already has drawn you to him. Right. Or, you know, the more Arminianistic type ways, like, no, God died for, and that's like that limited atonement thing. Right. In, in, in the tulip mm-hmm. phrase. But I'm like, no, it's God died. Jesus died for everyone. Everybody. So anyone could be saved. Yeah. This sort of deal. And they're like, well, no, no, no. Jesus only died for these people. I'm like, so that's where you reach that's, this logical fallacy then where it's like, yeah. so then Jesus only died for certain people. Right. And I mean, I guess in my mind that would kind of get rid of the whole purpose of even evangelizing to some degree. Yeah. And, and the guy from Apologia Studios, he's like, well, he goes, here's why I evangelize. Cause I have a hundred percent success rate. Cause I, cause then it's, if God does it, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And he's like, that's a, like, it, it's a weird, it's a weird logical jump he has to make to yeah. make it seem right. But interesting. Regardless, yeah. just because I disagree with him on that doesn't mean I think he's like an evil person or oh, anything. I, I think of the devil. Like I said, just this is an interfamily sort of conversation that, like, I would still be willing to sit down and have a drink with them, whatever their drink of choice may be. But alcohol is destructive. I guarantee you those guys drink. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you. Um, but I would have a drink with them. I'd have a conversation and we would just disagree on this and that'd be fine. You know? Right. This, uh, one of the guys I listened to, um, Mike Winger, you know, mm-hmm. he definitely is not Calvinistic. He actually has some videos on why he says Calvinism isn't biblical and everything. And he's like, Hey, I love these guys over at Apologia Studios. He's like, We disagree. He's like, But I call him a brother. Mm-hmm. And I'd have, I, I'd echo that sentiment with that. Mm-hmm. You know, but anyways, don't want to go down too much on the Calvin, <laughs> Calvinism <laughs> box. Uh, Reformed theology is interesting. I did, yeah. I did also underline, um, which I had to look up this word too, but I had an idea of what it meant. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to confirm. But where it talks about sexual laxity does not make you more human, but less so. It brutalizes you and tears your soul to pieces. I was like, man, that's pretty, pretty intense. And like, so beforehand it's talking about how, so nowadays some will maintain in the name of humanism that the, Puritan in quotes, uh, sexual morality of the Bible is, oh, the inimical, yeah, inimical (laughs) to the attainment of true human maturity, and that the little more and that a little more license makes for richer living. I've definitely seen on Twitter. Guys that proclaim that they're Christian pastors basically teach this sort of statement. Yeah. No. Like they're like, well, purity culture is destructive. You need to go do this. And oh, premarital sex isn't a thing that's bad for you at all. Go ahead and do it. One of the guys, he all he not always, but frequently starts his Twitter statements with my dude. He's trying to be condescending, essentially. Mm-hmm. He for a while had his screen name as Dr. Deltoids. Dr. Deltoids. And then and then his then his real name after it. Um, 
Yeah. Because his picture that he had up on Twitter, mm-hmm. you know, pastor, so to speak, uh, was him in like a tank top and you just see like his, you know, his deltoids. And he has a podcast called Jacked Theology. And it's Jesus weightlifting. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. He, the reason he made it was he's a say, oh, we're going to talk about things that are bad for theology, but really he's just promoting liberal theology, such as stuff like this and that. Yeah. And it's, we'll talk about that more later. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, cause, uh, yeah, I just, uh, Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. The uh, the word that I had to look was laxity, though. Oh, okay. I wanted to make sure. I I thought it was kind of like just like kind of being like lazy with it, uh-huh. but it was, so when I looked up like one of the words that was used in the um definition was looseness. Yeah. So I'm just kind of being loose with it, and like careless, whatever. Sexual promiscuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's I don't like that word more. <laughs> yeah but when you think of promiscuous pro- promiscuous yeah. that looseness yeah yep yeah <laughs> sexual promiscuity does not make you more human it fits right there with the sentence yes it, yes, it does that's just another big word <laughs> okay I, aaron likes small word <laughs> aaron likes small little word, word dude trick <laughs> <laughs> got it um but yeah otherwise like the next thing was a section that i thought I was like, hmm, I wonder what Paul has, what his remarks would be on this. All right, before we get to that section, because I think yeah. I know what it is. So, okay. Um, I'm one of here. He says, people sneer today at the promise boxes, which our grandparents used. Do you know what those were? I don't. I okay. have no idea. I, I did, didn't think you did, so I brought this up on the screen here. Promise boxes were essentially little boxes with little prayers. cards with scriptures, little prayers in them that you would pull out and just read and for encouragement oh, okay. in that. Okay. That's literally all they were. That's all that was. So like maybe like there's like a little promise on the front and then a scriptural reference on the back. So like mm-hmm. here, as I was with Moses, so I shall be with thee. And then it'll have like a little verse on the back. Interesting. So very basically like little promises of God that he gave throughout the Bible. Huh. And maybe some prayers. And obviously you can get one in each version of the Bible that you use. The one I have on screen here just happens to be King James Version because it was the first one that I found. But <laughs> anyways, I wanted to bring that up because I, I didn't know if you knew what that was. So No, I didn't. All no. right. So no. I'm curious now to to know this 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 phrase to see if it's the same one that I... Oh, a phrase? Well, it's just like a whole section. Oh, a whole have. section. Okay. Um, There's mainly this... Uh, one paragraph where uh, a fixed constant attention to the promises and a firm belief of them would prevent oh gosh why can't I say these words solicitude or so, yes, solicitude soli- mm-hmm. yeah whatever solicitude and anxiety about the concerns of this life it would keep the mind quiet and composed in every change and support and keep up our sinking Spirits under the several several troubles of life. Christians deprive themselves of their most solid comforts by their unbelief and forgetfulness of God's promises. For there is no extremity so great, but there are but there are promises suitable to it. 
and abundantly sufficient for our relief in it. And then there's also that next paragraph of the okay. niche, but I don't remember. Well, a thorough acquaintance with the promises would be of the greatest advantage in prayer. With what comfort may the Christian address himself to God in Christ when he considers the repeated assurances that his prayers shall be heard? With how much satisfaction may he offer up the several desires of his heart when he reflects upon the text wherein those very mercies are promised? Gosh, I don't, yeah, I don't like how he, whatever. But this isn't him. This is um, this is a different yeah. person that's writing this. And with and with what fervor was that fervor or fervor, fervor um, of spirit and strength of faith may he enforce his prayers by pleading the several gracious promises which are expressively to his case expressly what? oh yeah where did I get the expressive, uh, the, expressive the way I get random letters and words yeah. <laughs> all right so that's the the, the part that you thought it. Or is, oh, dang it. So I have the wrong part. We don't have the same one? No. Darn it. Okay. So why did you? Well, it was, it, to me, like, in my mind, I was thinking of the whole thing of um, where <sighs> I, I viewed it as, like, the whole thing with, like, mental health sort of thing, mm. where it's just, like, then, you know, you should have no like anxiety or whatever, as long as you are aware of the promises and whatnot of the Bible that God has made to us and whatnot. So it's like, uh, as Christians, like we shouldn't have issues with that, but it's like, oh, we really do. And with how the brain is, right? Like there's some things that are kind of out of our control to some degree. So sort of thing. One of the things know. when I when I read things, right? Yeah, I have to remind myself, especially when you're dealing with books slightly older. Yes. So I'm talking before the '90s, even specifically before the '90s. The first edition of this came like in the '70s. Yeah, it's like this is an old one. Okay. The thought of mental health and how it impacted wasn't really a big thing. No. Okay. That's true. Yeah. Th that's one. Two. The rapid rise of mental health issues mm -hmm. has really gone up in the last 20, 25 years. Yeah. It's actually kind of concerning seeing on the graph how, how? how much it's going up. And part of me wonders, you know, is, is there something going on? Is there, is it social media? Yes, part of social media is part of it. Um, it, it what, what else is contributing to it, right? Mm -hmm. So definitely back when, like things like this were read. So this book, and I don't know when this book that Packer is quoting was written. Oh, right, okay. yeah, right, because that's not even him. But. That's not, it's not Packer. It's yeah. this guy named um, it was, was Samuel Clark. There it is, yep. So whenever they wrote it, mental health wasn't even a consideration. Right. It, it, in fact, a lot of times people saw mental health issues as demonic possession mm -hmm. or they had something wrong with their brain so much so that back in the day people were they were advertising people going to get lobotomies like as a normal thing like like oh is your woman crazy she's stressed out is she misbehaving blah 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 
takes 10 seconds, we'll do a lobotomy and then she'll be happy and free and whatever afterwards. It was a big moneymaker for medical things, right? Mm. It was the answer to all the problems. Well, it turns out it wasn't. It was, it was causing a lot of issues, right? And so it wasn't something that was really on people's minds. It was, oh, there's something wrong with them. Right. Or they're possessed or they're sick. It wasn't, and, and sick in the way of like, not mentally sick, but sick in other ways. Okay. You know, in our ways that we view sick. So the fact is that now that we know about mental health, you kind of have to read these older books with that in mind that right. they don't, they didn't get it. Now, that being said, for those who don't deal with mental health issues, I would agree with this. Know. Right. I would agree with this 100%. Now, for like, Someone like me who doesn't always have anxiety issues, like that's a that's a rare thing for me. Okay. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. You know, for the most part, I'm like, yeah, cool. I get it. I understand what you're getting at. hundred percent. But for those who maybe have a mental health issue where anxiety is an issue or depression, whatever, that part right there is not gonna describe them at all. That part right there might actually be disheartening to them. Mm-hmm. You know. Just got to pray it away, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so I get that. Yeah. But I get at the same time when it was written in the context of which it was written. So I can't go back and say, well, these were evil people writing this because this mm -hmm. wasn't even a thought. Mm -hmm. If this was something written now by someone. It'd be a different th That's story. a different conversation then. Because I'm like, mm -hmm. so you don't believe in mental health? You don't believe in mental health issues? whether it's spiritual or phys physical or psychological issues that are causing this, at that point, we need to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. It probably won't be a happy conversation, but <laughs> it'll be a conversation nonetheless. And maybe it's something where they haven't been exposed to it or they grew up with a crazy family that believed the earth was flat. and Those flat earthers. Oh, dude, I, I, there's... <laughs> There's a comedian that used to be on Crowder's show on a frequent basis and no longer is. Mm. And it's because they had a falling out a while ago. And it honestly, I think it's more the guy that he went crazy. Now he's a flat earther that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Owen Benjamin, if you've ever heard of him. Yeah. He, he calls his uh, groups uh, his bears. Because his little logo is a little teddy bear, so all the people who follow them are the bears, and yeah, there's a whole there's That's a whole cute. long thing with him where he kind of grifted people for money and everything, and he bought yeah. a he ended up buying big property and farm. Honestly, I think he should be investigated for it and how he got the money because he promised a lot of things and then he goes, oh nope nope nope, you can't do that, and then oh yeah, just uh oh, but he yeah he's a little crazy guy, but regardless of fact, you know it, it's. His kids will be like, oh, mental health doesn't exist because he's kind of that way. Like he, okay. he has book burnings on his farm with his kids. I'm like, oh, this is going to be one of those guys. Got it. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. Yep. Yeah. So it, back to what I was saying, though. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if it was someone like that who maybe grew up under, you know, flat earther type person, I say type person, you know, someone who doesn't yeah. 
believe in any evidence that they see contrary to things. Then that maybe they grew up with the idea that mental health wasn't a thing because this is those type of people. Sometimes they, they believe that, you know, it's really just all in your head. You just have to get over the mindset and everything will be good. That's not the case all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's what I said. Depending on the person nowadays, yeah. have to have that conversation. But a person like this that far in the past, it, yeah, they didn't know. I, I don't hold them to it. I, no. I, just, I just, I kind of read it as this. This is the, this is kind of how you would like it to be in an ideal world. But here's reality. Well, now I'm curious though. So what did you have? What section did you underline? All right. So, so base. Also, let me just, um, so this book was <laughs> Samuel Clark lived in 1750 area time frame. So this is definitely an old book. That's so a I, long time ago. So I just want to bring that up on how long ago that was. Okay. There's a long time ago. Here is the part that I, I highlighted. It's not that I purely disagree with it. I think his statement on it was odd and I would have liked it to be clarified maybe a little bit more. It's under the, the heading believe and obey. Yeah. Okay. And it's this line. True Christians are people who acknowledge and live under the word of God. That, that, that's the whole phrase. Mm-hmm. The reason I, I kind of highlighted it that way and did that is because I know immediately from my way of thinking of things, you know, remember programmer person who likes to think of things, that statement alone and and being a Christian, I know isn't true because he says true Christians. Okay. True Christians are people who acknowledge and live under the word of God. There's nothing there about, you know, you know, believing in God, salvation, nothing like that. It's just, it's acknowledgement who live and live under the word of God. I could live under the word of God a hundred percent and never believe. That's when I first read that. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I I don't know. I don't know how, um, but (laughs) instead of R, I, for whatever reason in my head, I read aren't. Mm. So at first I was thinking, I was like, well, yeah. I was like, people that just want to live by the word of God. And just note, like, or I get, well, yeah, as he says, acknowledge that he is there. My mind went to, uh, to the scripture where it it talks about you, like, even the demons believe in God and whatnot. Oh, now I guess, are they living by the word of God? No, no, but so, but, and it made, I mean, it's made me think of like conversations that I've, or, uh, I've had with someone before where it's where they wanted to live within like some of like the morals of Christianity and whatnot. But I was like, that, that, that's it. Like there's yep. no wanting to pursue, um, to, well, a relationship with God and I guess grow to know who God is more. It's just like, yeah, I'll just live like this and be you know, the whole, like good, I guess, try and live as a good human being sort of thing. But, yeah, and that's 
when that you know when I read that, that's how I think of that. Yeah, and that's why I, I, I was just like, I I know what he wanted to say, mm-hmm. and I know what he could have said. I know what he's trying to say, but if someone who and I know these people personally, mm-hmm. okay, if someone who isn't a Christian were to pick up this book just by chance, right? They flip it. They find that phrase right there. They go, well, well now I'm, I'm good. A, I'm good. I'm all right. So that's why I have that one highlighted. And like, I don't like that phrasing right there. Mm-hmm. So that's the one I had highlighted. So I did write down below, uh, below it. It was just like three words uh, that this pastor from lacrosse would always say. And I, I mean, I liked it. Um, his name is Shane Shane Holden. Um, I love the dude. I haven't, gosh, I haven't listened to anything by him for a long time now. Um, but hopefully he hasn't gone off the deep end. I hope not. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm kind of curious. Maybe I'll have to check back in on him. Yeah, it's unfortunate that so many pastors do nowadays. But yeah, yeah. Well, that's, anyway, it's that's going. what keeps in the uh, you know move on. Um, but his little saying was belong believe behave behave uh and when i just read the believe and obey sort of thing it just made me think of that because that was one thing he would always he well he would tell the congregation is that you know it's like everyone belongs in the church and then like well because it was it was from something where it's like you know chris or people that aren't christians like they don't fit in or belong with the people of the church or everything. Like, no, he's like, you're wrong. He's like, we're all hypocrites. We're all sinners. So I was like, we all belong mm-hmm. sort of thing. And then it, um, for him, he's just like, you know, once, once you get, you know, kind of tied in sort of thing, it's like, hopefully at some point you start to believe and then you behave. But his thing was like, you know, you'll have Christians in the church or whatever, where it's like, if like someone can only, come into the church if they behave the way as a Christian should behave sort of thing. Mm. He's like, uh-uh. He's like, they belong with us, and once they start to believe, they'll start to behave right. as a Christian sort of thing. So I, I I don't know. That's what that made me. As soon as I saw the believe and obey, I was like, hmm. <laughs> I thought of that phrase. Yeah. And I've, I always liked that one because I was like, I'd, yeah, it, that is a sad thing where you have Christians in the church where are just like, well, you can come once you got your ducks in a row sort of thing. Yeah. That's, that's so messed up. That is so messed up. And yeah, maybe we'll talk about them in the next episode. On the next episode. Oh, wait, in the next episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just so... <laughs> My mind's scattered. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> it's, it's, it's me. Yeah. We're not it's, supposed it's, it's to you. know. It's, it's you. It's the one you're leading. So, <laughs> okay. It's, well, okay. I was at first I was just saying, Oh yeah. The next chapter. I was like, but that's not the next episode, but yeah. Know, yeah. Now I know. It's As the I next said, episode. maybe we'll talk about that more. I don't know. We'll see where the conversation goes. Oh gosh. <laughs> the only, but the only other thing I had, uh, was just on the last page. It was the last line. Was you will find it profitable to ask your conscience, and let it tell you. Um. So what? And uh, you know what? I'm just gonna read the. Why does this description fit so few of us to be Christians in these days? Oh man, there's probably more I gotta read beforehand. Though. Yeah. So really, what he, he's yeah. referring to all this stuff up above, but basically yeah. it boils down to it 
this. Uh, he says, Christians know that in addition to the word of God spoken directly to them in the scriptures, God's word has also gone forth to create and control and order things around them. Uh, that's essentially the the, the gist the of gist. it. Uh, there's more to it there. There's a lot more. He's a lot more wordy on things. But he goes, why does this description, what's this description, this description of Christians knowing the addition to the word um, it, that's gone forth to create and control and order things? Why does that fit so few of us who profess to be Christians these days? Mm-hmm. And he goes, you'll find it profitable. Ask your conscience and let it tell you. That's an interesting phrase, too, for me. Yeah. Because, to be honest, people whose conscience is seared. Seared already. Already. Guess what it's going to tell? It's going to be like, oh, you're fine. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. What are you yeah. talking about? I'm good. He's making some assumptions here. Mm-hmm. And he's making an assumption that the conscience isn't seared. And to be fair, back in the day when he wrote this, consciences were not anywhere nearly as seared as they are today. Yeah. We have access. So we've only strayed farther and farther and farther from. <laughs> Dude, this world has strayed a lot farther than it has back in the time when this book was written. Mm-hmm. Access to illicit things, be they pornography or oh, just, yeah. things, access drugs, so many things, whatever. Off the charts more. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's ridiculous. And yeah, I mean, This book is good, but it's starting to show its day-to-day age in certain things. Yeah. That doesn't mean, though, that there aren't good things to pull from it still. Correct. There are still great things to pull from it. Just some of it you're like, yeah, I I see what you're saying, but you got to be careful now because this isn't the 70s and 60s anymore. This is now. It's very different. You know, way different. Look at it this way. How long ago were the 60s? Oh, no. 60 years ago yeah that's gross yeah wow wow that, that that's a lot a that time. that can happen in that time well especially for how quickly we've like advanced yeah um yeah <laughs> to go on that at this worship night that i was at I was chatting with a guy and he was, he was telling me how, like, you know, you look at how things are today. It's like, he, he was, I don't know if he was surprised, but it's like, he had heard something that you probably most, you wouldn't have heard in the past where it's like people don't even, or have never been to church once in their life sort of thing. Like if you went back in the day, like, well, back in the day, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was common for people at least just to go to church and whatnot to yeah. some degree. But it's like now, nowadays with how kids are growing up, it's like they've never stepped inside of a church once in their life sort of thing. So it's like we've really come a far ways away from anything biblical or any of that stuff. Yep. But And what we're seeing is generations growing up more and more and more are going unchurched. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot more wild. And that's either from, you know, they themselves not going once they, you know, are old enough not to go with their family, mm-hmm. or their parents are very lackadaisical 
ongoing and they don't go and they don't take their kids. And so then their kids are never there either. Nope. So for me, at the end of this, I were so after the whole, it'd be profitable to ask your conscience and let it tell you. It it made me think of the, the, the verse in Psalms, which then I ended up pulling up, obviously. Um, the Psalms 139, 23 and 24, where it's search me, O God, know my heart, try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's kind of, a, I don't know, for me, it, it comes off as kind of a, hmm, <laughs> a scary one. <laughs> Cause I don't want to know about any grievous way in me. <laughs> I like to just think everything's, you know, a okay. We're doing fine. There's nothing wrong going on in, in here. Uh, but when you ask for that stuff to be pointed out, and that's the other thing is we're obviously we're hopefully your conscience isn't seared, because he'll point stuff out out to you. Mm-hmm. But if you just willingly just eh, no. Well, then that's how you just make it worse. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Mm. All right, anything else in that chapter, or should we go to chapter 12 finally? We can finally go to 12. <laughs> so that was chapter 11 of Knowing God by J.I. Packer. And now we're going to go ahead and play the first few seconds with a little bit of context edited out so you don't figure out what's going on. For next week's episode. I realize it's still May, but June's right around the corner here when we come out. These are gonna these episodes are gonna be the last two weeks of May. And I'll say a couple things before we get started here, and Aaron's leading the conversation. One, after you watch part one or part two, or both, if you want to have a more one-on-one conversation with me and you know me personally, feel free to reach out. Let's have that conversation. Don't feel like, oh, I can't have that conversation. We can't talk about that. That's why we're talking about this here to begin with. Okay. This is something I talked to Aaron about, uh, prepared him a little bit back in January. Be like, hey, June's coming up. This happens every June. Let's talk about this. This isn't for personal clout, for personal anything else. It's more along the lines of, hey, this is reality. And uh, I I asked Aaron to lead the conversation, and he graciously agreed to lead this conversation. He may feel a little nervous about it. He may not know how to start things off, but that's okay. That being said, If you are happening to listen to this with children in the room, my recommendation maybe is listen to it first on your own and then decide if it's appropriate to bring children in on this conversation. It's not appropriate for every age, obviously. That's why there's a big battle controversy ruling in our schools right now about things like this. So use wisdom and discernment. This is really intended for adults, in all honesty. But like I said, if if you know me personally, and if you know me personally, you probably have my phone number. Reach out. 
um, if you want to have a further conversation or you have questions or even if you have disagreements, that's fine. I think we can have a conversation about this. So let's just get on with it here. My name is Paul.